Hi everyone, this is Darius Sulem from Inside Scientific, the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Our real science sessions focus on connecting with the researchers, educators, and industry professionals from all walks of life that make scientific discovery and innovation possible. We talk about their work, their passions, their pitfalls, why they got into science in the first place, and where the road lies ahead. Today, I'm talking with Michaela Merrill, a junior undergraduate student at Truman State University. Michaela recently was one of 10 students who was awarded the Scientist.com STEM Research NIL Award for promising undergraduate researchers. Scientist.com's goal is to empower and connect scientists worldwide and accelerate scientific discovery. Their digital research platform combines sophisticated AI technology with white glove research concierge support to enable scientists to run more innovative experiments in less time and at lower cost. Scientist.com operates private enterprise marketplaces for most of the world's major pharmaceutical companies, over 100 biotech companies, and the U.S. National Institutes of Health. This award is part of Scientist.com's commitment to support and mentor students who are at the beginning of their education and careers in STEM. In addition to a grant of $5,000 each, the 10 award winners are collaborating with Scientist.com as brand ambassadors. All right, Michaela, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. All right, fantastic. Let me jump right into the first question I have for you, and that is, where did you grow up? Have you always been interested in the sciences? And if not, what sparked your current interests? So I grew up in the United States, in many different states, but mostly in Pennsylvania near Philadelphia and also in Utah near Salt Lake City. And I finished high school near Phoenix. And I have always been interested in the sciences. When I was elementary school age, I was homeschooled by my mom. And she's now a physician. And she has always been interested in the sciences. And she made it a priority for my education as a child that we did a lot of hands-on science experiments. And she gave me lots of science books to read of all sorts of sciences. And it was always incredibly interesting to me. So I have always been interested in the sciences. And ever since I was, I don't know, maybe 13 or 14, even then, I knew that I wanted to be some type of science major in college. I wasn't sure which one yet, but um, I've always loved the scientific method. And I found it fascinating how much we've been able to discover in such a short amount of time. So... I'm very happy to be able to call myself an up-and-coming scientist now. Absolutely. And so many of the people that we have on this show speak about their family upbringing and how there were these key people or key experiences that just activated something in their in their brains for, for science and, and, and generated that passion to start. So that's awesome. Um, the next question I have for you, where are you currently studying? What is your major? And can you tell us a little bit about the research that you are currently conducting? I am currently studying at Truman State University, which is in Kirksville, Missouri. And my major is neuroscience under the interdisciplinary studies department. And the research I am currently conducting is through my summer RU at Georgia State University, as well as Georgia Tech 
through the Developmental Neuropsychology Through the Lifespan Lab at Georgia State. And the research project I'm working on investigates biological risk factors as well as comorbidities and social factors in influencing PTSD in Black populations in Atlanta, specifically for a part of the brain called the cingulum. This study is based in neuroimaging, so we take MRI imaging to study the structural integrity of highways in the brain that link areas of visual memory to areas of emotional response to study how that can impact the severity of PTSD in a certain population. And this research has proven to, it, it's very complex, but it's also very far reaching in terms of its potential impact. We are building off of a previous study from about 10 years ago that used a different type of neuroimaging. So now we're getting to look at this part of the brain from two different perspectives. And what we found is that this part of the brain, the cingulum, which we're still learning so much about, relatively recently discovered compared to some other parts of the brain, has many different areas in it and different areas may have different responses to trauma and that can have very important implications for how this population um, responds to and exhibits symptoms of PTSD. For example, um, the part of the cingulum that links visual memory to emotional response has higher structural integrity in the cingulum, which means those signals moving in between those two areas of the brain are essentially moving at, they're moving much strong, much more efficiently in a pathological way. Whereas in other areas of the brain that control more complex functions such as executive functioning, those structural integrity tends to be decreased for all kinds of mental illnesses. We've also seen that in other areas of the cingulum. So it's very interesting to, as I'm just learning now how to conduct professional level scientific research in a lab to get involved in a scientific project that's so complex and so far reaching. But it's also been very rewarding, and the mentorship has been very valuable as I navigate this project. That is amazing, and it sounds like you're really knowledgeable in this subject. Um, as an as an early career researcher, it's very heartening to see that your passions for this project in particular are, are so high. And of course, the the topic that you're that you're researching, while neuroscience is so broad and 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 far reaching. The, the specifics of your your project to help understand those risk factors in uh, a population such as the black community is 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 really inspiring. So moving onwards on the topic of inspiration, who was or is the greatest influence on your career? Do you have uh, a mentor that has played a significant or um, important role in your career? I would say probably my first and my most important mentor, um, of which I have several, but my first and most important is definitely my mom. She finished med school um, a couple of years ago, and she is now a practicing neurosurgeon at Indiana University. And 
to be clear, I did not just go into neuroscience because my mom did. I am also very passionate about it. And that passion, but that passion was inspired by her. And it's very inspiring to see her follow her dreams. And she's always told me that even if something is really difficult, that I should follow it if I'm passionate about it. And that doing hard things such as scientific research can be a very arduous process. And obviously neuroscience is a very complex topic of study, but she's always inspired me to follow my dreams. She's always supported me and I'm very grateful to her for that. And more recently, I have also found very valuable the mentorship that I have received at my own university from my academic mentor, Dr. Burke. Um, the neuroscience professor who helps me craft my interdisciplinary major of neuroscience at Truman since they didn't have one set out um, originally. So we had to create that from scratch. And that was a very informative process. And it really helped me think about my major more in depth. And it helped me solidify like this is what I want to do. Since I didn't just get to like pick a major, I really had to carve my own path essentially. And I've also appreciated the mentorship that I've received from my mentors in Atlanta through my research, my mentor, um, Olivia, at the GSU lab, Olivia Holler, and Dr. King. They have been very instrumental in helping me learn how to do research. And I really appreciate that. Fantastic. Shout out to all of those people for, for the mentorship they provided. And of course, shout out to mom. Um, when they when they hear this episode i'm sure they'll be even more proud uh, of you than they already are i I have no doubt about that great so the last question i have for you here you you obviously are very passionate about this subject i am absolutely certain that you're going to continue along this line of neuroscience research pursuing a career uh either as a a uh, medical doctor or as a PhD researcher? That's, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So is there anything specific within this field that you think you're absolutely super passionate about that you want to continue to pursue? Or is there something new and exciting out there other than what you're currently doing that you might want to jump towards and hope to study in the future? So I feel like the field of neuroscience has almost unlimited applications, and I'm just beginning to explore those. But there are a few specific um, applications of neuroscience that I am more passionate about currently. I have really appreciated the project that I'm working on, and I am very passionate about it. But one other subfield, so to speak, of neuroscience that has always been extremely fascinating to me is actually music neuroscience and how that can be used in a medical setting. When I was younger, when I was in high school, I read a lot of books by Oliver Sacks. That's actually what helped me decide that I wanted to be a neuroscience major instead of like a psychology major, biology major. And my favorite book to this day is his book, Musicophilia, and how music just lights up every part of the brain in a way that basically nothing else can. And that can be used to treat so many different ailments. Like he used it to help someone relearn how to walk after they were paralyzed. He used it like 
to help someone sing in order to help them relearn how to talk when they had aphasia. It helps people regain their some of their memories with Alzheimer's or keep them more often. And I'm a classically trained musician and three of my four grandparents are also classically trained musicians. So it's in my blood, so to speak. Those music and neuroscience are two of my greatest passions. So to be able to merge those two is something that I would very much like to do in the future. Fantastic. And one last quick question for you here. Do you have any advice for younger students interested in getting into research, but might be intimidated or not know where to begin? My greatest advice, and they probably hear this all the time, but it is my greatest advice is to get involved because you never know where you're going to find something valuable. I mean, the way I learned about the REU that I applied to where I found my current research job was I was just walking in my science building and I saw that a seminar was coming up in like five minutes about professional development. And I was like, why not go in? Like, I have nothing else to do. 1230 on this Friday. And that has impacted my career in such a huge way. Just that small decision. I could have easily just gone home and sat on the couch, but I chose to take the time and get involved. So I think say yes to as many things as you can say yes to in terms of professional development and self-education. And you never know what you'll pick up and where you'll go. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Michaela, for your time and your insights. It was a, it was a real pleasure to have you here. And congratulations once again on the award. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Real Science and that you'll tune in to future episodes where scientists and students just like you answer questions about their life, their work, and share insights into what it's like to be doing real science. Don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>